Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Here's a story that is so tragic. And it could have been most likely prevented. Calgary police are investigating the uh, domestic homicide of a mother and wife and her husband's body was found nearby. This was in an elementary school earlier this week in the city. Um, Police had been to the family residence several times and had repeatedly charged the husband who was then released by the courts on a no-contact order, which obviously the husband ignored. Criminal law professor Doug King said, quote, a restraint order, a no-contact order, was placed on him. He violated it twice. And each time he violated it, he would have had to been before a judge again to look at his release. I question what was the logic behind releasing him out after his second violation. We're joined by Professor Doug King, Justice Studies Professor in Mount Royal University in Calgary. Professor King, thank you for joining us. Thank you. A terrible situation which resulted in two deaths and the justice system and the bail system. Am I, am I fair in saying that the systems, justice and its offshoot, the bail system, must accept at least some significant responsibility? You know, I, I think I think those are important questions to ask. I think um, there are several questions I have still in my mind. But I think first and foremost, I think we have to ask ourselves, um, why would someone who has been charged with a sexual assault, had been charged with uh, stalking, and it happened earlier in the summer, and then had violated uh, uh, no no contact orders twice, um, and every time would have gone up for a a judge to have the uh, bail release uh, conditions reviewed, uh, why did the why why did the bail uh, why did the judge decide it was appropriate to, to release this individual? Um, the tragedy is also that we're never going to get an answer to that because uh, judges don't talk to uh, the public and uh, to justify their their opinions and positions. So we're going to be left answering asking questions we'll never get an answer to. Hugely frustrating for the police as well. Mm-hmm. Terribly yeah. frustrating. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, I can uh, I can well appreciate the shock that the first responders had when they arrived mm-hmm. at the scene, and then you start then cascading uh, down uh, to the reality that the Calgary, the, the court, and the Calgary Police Service had actually issued an arrest warrant for the individual uh, later that morning. Um, so, uh, unfortunately, the, 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 the murder had already happened. And so, you know, there's obviously bureaucratic, you know, uh, blocks in terms of communication. 
Um, so, um, you know, another another half day, uh, perhaps this might not have happened. Um, one of the questions I do have is that if an arrest warrant was being considered, uh, was the ultimate, did the offender's um, lawyer know about that and notify the uh, offender, uh, say, the evening before? And was that the trigger? Um, that could have been you know, the catalyst to all, all of this. That's why the, the uh, Calgary Police Service, rightly so, has asked the province to do an investigation. Um, we need to know more, and um, the Calgary Police Service knows that they need a little bit of hands hands off on this investigation and let others do it. An uh, uh, inescapable question is, how frequently might this be happening across Canada? Or a situation where an individual is considered a threat to his spouse or significant other, and domestic violence has been addressed by the police and charges have been filed, and the court allows bail to take place, as happened in Calgary. Is there any way that we can even guesstimate how frequently this may be going on in this country? The tragedy is no. Um, uh, I have lots of reasons why it's a difficult assessment to make is that uh, as we are talking right now, there are uh, likely individuals who are being victimized by domestic violence in their homes by their partners in Calgary and in every city and community that your listeners are, are living in right now. The, the pervasiveness of domestic violence is uh, is shocking. And it has actually been on the increase in terms of being reported to the police over the last 10 years. And it just skyrocketed during the pandemic. Now, most non-contact orders, restraining orders, um, generally work. The, the individual who receives them is smart enough to realize that if they violate it, they get into a lot more trouble than they currently are facing. But the reality is, is there are people like this offender um, yesterday or this earlier this week who are not um, in any way um, um, restricted by it. In fact, they could be empowered by it, could anger them even more. So remember that a lot of domestic violence is, all, is a act of control. I want power and control over the person that I'm um, uh, uh, using violence against. And so if they try and take a little bit of the power back, that enrages some of them. And unfortunately, we end up getting situations like we saw earlier this week. Professor King, what do you think of the bail reform that's underway? Yeah, yeah, good question. Um, so the uh, Federal Government of Canada implemented bail reform uh, earlier this uh, this year, early January. The uh, latest reforms came in, and you know, quite frankly, I don't think they go far enough. The what the reforms amounted to were. If, an, if a person was, who was before the court had committed a criminal offense within the last five years um, from a list of offenses, and they range from sexual assaults to, um, um, you know, uh, use of weapons and things like that. If they were before the court again, having used a weapon, um, there would be uh, greater restrictions on them being able to get bail. Um, that's a small number of people who are in the criminal justice system. We could have done it a different way, in the, and I was an advocate for this. There's something called, there's Section uh, 469 offenses in the Criminal Code of Canada, and they are a list of offenses that 
are what we call reverse onus offenses, where it's up to the accused to argue why they should get bail, as opposed to the current model where uh, the Crown has to make that argument. We could easily add more offenses to that, uh, Section 469. It would be cleaner, it would be easier. But the federal government didn't go that route, and the Canadian Associations, the Chiefs of Police, didn't uh, take up that possibility. So, uh, again, an incremental change in bail reform that came in uh, two weeks ago um, won't have much effect at all on on situations like this. So, it's not improbable that what happened earlier this week in Calgary may happen elsewhere in this country. Very soon there was a terrible situation in Sault Ste. Marie, very recently. So the the likelihood of this being a recurring situation, quite high, yes? I think it's more than a likelihood. I think it's almost a certainty. Um, uh, the, The thing that made the Calgary situation so kind of startling and has captured a lot of attention, rightly so, is the fact that it was done in public view in front of a school, in, in front of an elementary school. You ha- we have to understand that uh, that people are being killed in, in domestic interpersonal violence in their homes on a regular basis across Canada. Um, and if they're not being uh, murdered, they're being assaulted, and uh, they're uh, oftentimes petrified to come forward. Um, so, um, you know, ultimately uh, resolving domestic violence issues are, is not a criminal justice issue. It's a broader social issue. And I just, if I could leave one thing, is um, I would ask each of your uh, listeners to ask yourself, do you think anybody you know might be a victim of domestic violence? And if you do, you should be empowered to do something about that. Um, Don't just ignore it because you could be putting their life at risk. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.